Start off in Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35, and probably you're in Matthew um, and some in Luke, but Isaiah 35 is where we'll start. Like I say, I appreciate what we can already feel, appreciate what we felt last night, appreciate the message last night. Um, I thought about that one word a lot today, is what Brother Brad preached on, worship. I want to worship Him tonight. He's worthy. He's the only thing worthy. Um, John says in Revelation, Thou art worthy. And so He's worthy of everything we got. I remember uh, Brother Jeff said one time, he said, I want to finish well. Um, A lot of people start well. Let's finish well. Um, So many people, as Brother Brad mentioned a while ago, have been saved. I don't have any doubt of that. I've seen them get happy and rejoice. And somewhere along the way, um, they've lost interest in church. And that breaks my heart. Let me say this tonight, and I guess I'll make you mad right off the bat, but that'll be all right. I love sports. I've not been good at a whole lot. I was good at baseball. I was really good at baseball. Um, And I can remember, it seemed like when I was a kid, revival would always fall on fair week, or it'd always fall on the weeks where we had baseball, or whatever. And, And it used to upset me. And I got to the point when I got saved, um, I made the all-star team and, and didn't even participate because revival was going on. And it wasn't mom and daddy then. I wanted to be in the church. Um, and I said that to say this, travel ball, it's, 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 it's hard on a church. And, I, and I'll say, here's where I'm going to make you mad. If you don't, if you as mamas and daddies don't, um, don't take it serious, your babies ain't going to take it serious. They're just not. Um, vastly important that we meet together in the house of God. Um, let your kids be mad at you for a day or two. It'll be alright. I promise you that. I know it's hard to get your children up and get them ready and I appreciate you mamas and daddies so much uh, doing that. Um, but anyway, just felt like I needed to say that. Chapter 35 in Isaiah says, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with the recompense, He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And an highway shall be there and a way. 
and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. Sorrow and sign shall flee away. Um, just two verses in Matthew 7. Very familiar. Two verses in Matthew 7. Enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now one more in Luke, and it's, uh, it's Luke's version of what I just read in Matthew, but it's worded a bit different. And it's Luke 13. And it says, And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, and shall not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and has shut the door, and you begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. Then shall you begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourself thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first and first which shall be last. Sometimes I've um, noticed that if we're not careful, um, when God gives us a message, um, sometimes Satan will get to working in their mind and um, maybe it's just me, I don't know, and, and begin to say, well, um, this is surely meant for this person or this person. And, and, uh, and then when they don't show up, you wonder who it's for. But I've learned a long time ago uh, just to try to preach that what he gives us, uh, and that'll be all right. But I thought this week, all week, really, uh, that there are two ways, and there are two roads. Uh, what I read in Isaiah, it talked about a highway, uh, that a highway shall be there, and it shall be a way for the wayfaring men. You know what that is? It's just a traveler. That's all that is. Just a traveler. Uh, but it said it shall be a way of holiness. And it talks about uh, nothing unclean shall pass over it. Uh, but it shall be a place where the redeemed walk. I've thought about that highway. I'm glad tonight I'm walking on that highway. I'm glad tonight for you see, uh, you listen to me tonight, uh, everybody uh, that's in this building, everybody that's outside, everybody who has ever lived since the time of Adam, uh, we have all been born on a great highway. 
And there's nothing we can do about it. That great highway that leads to destruction. And there's absolutely nothing uh, that uh, that we can do in ourselves uh, to get off of that road. Uh, but I've thought about how that there are uh, there are two roads. I don't know. Uh, maybe if you've traveled any and, and you're uh, you're traveling down the interstate, and and I've done my share of interstate driving lately, and and uh, people are uh, they're just in too big of a hurry. Uh, can I say tonight? Uh, why don't we uh, just slow down? and begin to worship God. I'm afraid we're in such a hurry uh, to, uh, to do the things that we want to do. I say that road is broad and that road is wide and that's where the majority of the world are traveling on that road. Uh, we are all born on that road. That leads to destruction. Uh, but thanks be to God, there is uh, uh, little places in that road uh, uh, that you can get off of that road uh, and get onto a far better road. Uh, sometimes when I'm driving, uh, I like to take the interstate, it's quicker. Uh, but sometimes I like to see uh, parts of America uh, that you don't normally see driving. And I like to take the narrow path. Uh, and I like to take the old road. How uh, can I tell you tonight? Uh, this world is going headlong uh, in a way that uh, the brother said last night. And he said, I wish uh, we could just go back uh, the way things used to be. And I've often said that and thought that and I understand what he meant. And he was right when he said it. Uh, but can I caution us tonight uh, those days are past. And I'm not saying God can't do it now. But what I am saying is we best be careful uh, that we're not living off an old blessing. You see, we, we tend when we say that uh, to say I wish that it would be like it used to be. Now what we're really saying is I don't think God can bring that about today. I refuse to believe that. I absolutely refuse. Uh, but I believe if we'll uh, get our mind on that narrow road, uh, you see too much even of church people's mind, church members' mind, has caught up on that broad road. Uh, so much of our lives uh, is just seeing what we can buy and sell and get and gain. And we've got uh, selfish reasons about us. Uh, and we've got a carnal nature about us. Uh, and what they're teaching in our, in our schools today, I'm telling you, it would shock you to your very core. It really would. If you don't know what they're parading out in front of these children and saying it's normal, there's nothing normal about a man in a dress. I don't care what they say, there's nothing at all normal about that. And truth be told, there was a time when the daddies would have gathered those people up and ran them out of town. But you know what the problem is? Honestly, the daddies ain't around anymore. That's the truth. That's the truth. I'm saying that to say this. We are sitting by and our children are on that broad road and they need to get off. They need to get off quick. And while there's time, if you're here tonight and you, as Brad said, you may have never been lost before, but that might change tonight. Uh, God, can, uh, God can cause it. I can remember uh, when I became lost. Uh, and just like He said, uh, I was pretty carefree that night when I went into the house of God. And uh, before the service was over, I was a broken hearted sinner. 
And I knew that I was a brokenhearted sinner. I knew that road that I was on. I was one that would end in swift destruction. But thank God, the man of God gave an altar call. I saw a little path, and I turned off of that road, and I got on the other road. It's walking in a different direction. It's a way of holiness. That word's not really preached much anymore. But we're supposed to be holy tonight if we've been saved. And that's what he says, to be you holy because I am holy. And so tonight, uh, as I begin to think about my blessings, uh, I begin to think about uh, that broad road. Uh, I begin to think about many heartaches uh, uh, that I found on that road. Uh, and though it's traveled by many, the apostles ask him, Lord, are there few that be saved? That's a pretty serious question tonight. They ask him, are there just a few? Are there just a few that shall be saved? And you know what he said? He said in Luke, strive to enter in. Matthew didn't have that word. And Matthew said enter in at the straight gate. But that word strive, you know what that means? It means to wrestle. It means to contend. It means to fight. There's nothing that you can do in way of works to be saved. Nothing. But that doesn't mean that there's not a wrestling going on in the soul of man. At least I can just speak from my experience. Uh, that night when God uh, called me out of darkness, uh, I put the cross before me, I put His Son before me, and told me to choose this way. That's what... You know, you're running across a lot of people today, and they'll say, man, don't have a choice in the matter. I've talked to those hyper-Calvinists uh, and say, uh, the man don't have a choice. If, if, God, uh, if God says they're going to be saved, they're going to be... I'm telling you, you've got a choice tonight. You've got a choice. I had a choice that night. And I knew the road I was on was danger. I knew that there was a better road. And so tonight, if I could open your eyes under the fact that both of these roads are leading somewhere. Both of them, if you want to say dead end, that they both have a destination. That you're going somewhere when you leave this earth. And so, they're on the broad road. And it's crowded. And there's many, the Bible said, on that broad road. And many there go, are going on that way. But as I said, no matter how many people was on it, it was a lonely road. It was a broad road. It traveled high. But there wasn't any grace on that road. And there's no mercy on that road. But there was a man of God one night who preached the gospel. Could I say to you, I was going to minister school this year and got over to Brown's Ford, got down to the bottom of the hill, and there was a man standing in the road. And I pulled up to him and I rolled down my window. And I said, what's going on down there? And he said, part of that bridge is out. Don't go that way. I thought to myself, that's an illustration of the church, of the living God, and to the saved, to the redeemed, how we ought to be warning how with everything within us, they better get off of that road. Amen. It's a dangerous road. Your brother asked prayer requests over here a while ago about a person who died suddenly. Suddenly. 
Have you noticed that in the news lately? People are dying suddenly. Now, that means with no warning. It means right now. Now you better make that choice. Which road are you going to stay on? I want to warn you tonight. I want to warn you where that road will take you. If you follow that road until it's end, I want to be that guy out on the highway warning the passers-by, hell is coming. This world is headed straight headlong for it. Talking to somebody today, and yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, we were talking about the state. Uh, you know, President's gift, the uh, State of the Union, every last one of them's life. If you want to know the State of the Union, you just look around. Amen. If you really want to know, the disciples said, Lord, are there just a few that'll be saved? And he said, Strive, wrestle. Contend that there was a time one day, one night, when a man by the name of Jacob wrestled with God all night. Wrestled with Him all night. You ever had a night like that? You just wrestled with God. I'm telling you today that you can't work your way to heaven, but there is some contending. There is some striving. Now that word straight, uh, it's not straight with a G, it's a straight with no G. It means it's a narrow way. And Jesus told him one time, He said, How hardly shall those that have riches enter the kingdom of heaven. And that was a shocking thing to say. And the apostle said, Then Lord, who can be saved? And he said, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. It's not impossible. It's the same way with that narrow gate and that straight gate and that narrow way that there's only room for two people on it. You and the Lord. When you come down to that narrow way, the night that I got saved, and there was people, the altar was full, and there was people praying all the way around us, and there was people coming up encouraging me. I appreciate that so much. And they were tapping me, praying for you. I trust the Lord. Is there a song you want? Whatever it was. And I'm thankful for all of them. But when it comes down to it, it just had to be me and God. Amen. And when it got to that place, I didn't matter what else was going on. Let me ask you something tonight. Dear sinner friend, I've heard many people say, I didn't want to go to the altar. I didn't want to go up there in front of everybody. Now let me ask you a question tonight. Would you let your pride stand in that way? Because that's what it boils down to we're a proud people. And we're a, we've got proud hearts. But when God breaks it, if He says, come to the altar, my advice to you would be to do what He says. Because without that, what is He doing there? He's given you a way off of the road. I've been traveling down the road before and maybe missed an exit and then started to look at there's surely got to be a way back. Surely there's a way to get back. That's where I want to go. The Bible says there is one way. One way back. He's not only the road. He is the way and the truth and the life. Without Him no man shall ever be saved. It has to be through and by our Lord. 
And so I thought about my blessings this week. Thought about what Brad was preaching last night. Uh, just about worship uh, and how he deserves it. How if you go back in your minds uh, and in your hearts, uh, how look at the danger he was facing. And then he turned you around. Uh, look at the danger. And then he, uh, you saw that exit. Uh, you saw a way. Uh, that's what this meeting is tonight. It's a way uh, to stay out of hell. Pointing you to Jesus Christ. The Bible said it's a broad way. It's a highway. But he said if you want to see heaven, if you want to enter in, in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 7 that I read from, he gives a bunch of different analogies. He said there's two ways. He said there's two trees that produce two fruits. He said there's two houses that have two foundations. In other words, you do have a choice tonight. You do have a choice. That's what Moses said. I've said before you this day, uh, life and good, or blessings, of, uh, life and blessings and good, or evil. He said, you choose. Uh, Joshua said the same thing. He said, you choose if you want to serve the gods of your fathers on the other side of the flood, or if you, but he said, ask for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. You have that choice tonight. Elijah, Elijah said something that has rang down through the ages. He said you need to make a choice. How long do you halt between two opinions? He said if Baal's God didn't serve him, but if God's God didn't serve him. So I'd ask you tonight. What have you been waiting on? Maybe God's dealt with you and you've not yet submitted yourself. As the brother said, this world is passing away. This world is going to have an end. Your life is going to come to an end and it won't always be the way you thought it would. You might not have a bed of languishing. You might not have a sick bed. You might not have a sickness that you know about. You might have one moment. And your life is over. Suddenly, I'm telling you tonight, it's a serious thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen. Because you see, the Bible says that Jesus touched the eyes of a blind man one time. And you know what He said? He said, do you see now? And He said, Master, I see men as trees walking. Well, if men are the trees... Uh, then, uh, then as the tree falls, so shall it lie. And so what I'm getting at tonight is if you let that opportunity pass, uh, you may not have another exit. Uh, there may not be another off-ramp if you leave here without God in your soul tonight. You might just be forever lost. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that to you tonight and for you to realize the road that you are on is dangerous. I'm saying tonight, you don't hear hell preached on very much. Even our old time Baptist churches. You just don't hear it. When I was growing up, the man of God had such power and they would preach hellfire and brimstone. But the sad truth is, even the church, even the church, I think we just think about it as, as some far off place. You know what Isaiah said in that chapter? For those that die lost, he says, hell from beneath will rise up to meet you and stir up the dead for you at your coming. That 
entail that great sermon on the mount that Jesus preached about in Matthew 5 through 7. That great sermon on the mount that people take away the Beatitudes and that's good. Uh, people take away love your enemies and love your neighbors and that's good. Uh, but one thing he said, uh, uh, men that say uh, that the grave is the end and it's just the grave and there's no such place. You know what our Lord said? He said it's hell fire. Yeah. Not just the, the old Bible speaks of hell. The Old Testament speaks of hell. And they'll say it's the grave or Sheol, a place of the dead. But our Lord said it's hell fire. That's descriptive talk. He put the word fire on that. So you would know it's hell fire and damnation. He created it. I guess he knows what he's talking about, don't he? He said it's hell fire. He warned them. He said, don't be afraid. These school shootings and whatnot. Boy, it just rips my heart out tonight. But he says this. Don't be afraid of those that can kill the body. And after that can cause no hurt. But he said, rather fear him that hath power after he has slain the body to cast thy soul into hell fire. Yea, I forewarn you, fear him. It's descriptive. It's at the end of the road. Where's it at, preacher? Some say it's the heart of the earth. I don't know. I'll tell you what or where it's at. It's at the end of a Christ-rejecting life. That's where hell's at. And according to Isaiah... It's almost like hell it takes glee in those that it pulls down into its mouth. Oh, its mouth is a gaping wide open tonight. It's rising up from beneath to meet whosoever enters into its place. The dead in hell are stirred up to meet you at your coming. Do you understand that? We live in a land where we think of the devil. As some hoofed, horned figure with a tail. Not so. He is the anointed cherub that covered. He was the light bearer. He was Lucifer. Cast out. The Bible said he was in the garden. In the garden of Eden. The Bible says that He's beautiful tonight. The Bible said that He was glorious. And because of His beauty, His heart was exalted. And I said that to say this. Uh, we've got a picture of hell uh, being ruled over uh, by that man of sin. Uh, not so. And the Bible says he will weave and wail and gnash his teeth just like he will. There is a broad road. You were born on it. Not because of anything that you've done. And not because, uh, you, and not because of any sin that you've committed, and but because you were born into a world cursed with sin. It's because you were given a nature. You mean even little babies are on the broad road that leads us to the hell and damn it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we're born on that road. It was in sin that my mother conceived me. Born on that road. 
and no way about it and nothing you can do about it until you get to the place where God deals with your heart. And once that happens, you know what that truly means? Listen to me tonight. You know what that truly means? If, if, and we've got some at this church. I don't guess they're here tonight. Say so they've never been lost. They're in their 20s. I can't see their heart. But I'll say this. If you have been privileged to listen and sit under the gospel, God will hold you accountable for what you've heard. What about those in third world countries? I ain't talking to them tonight. I'm talking to you. At Lafayette Missionary Baptist Church. God will hold you accountable for the things that you've heard and been taught. There will come a day when He'll knock at your heart. Let you know you're lost. That's the time He's showing you a freeway. And He's showing you an exit ramp. I wish He'd show some of us and I said, us, uh, even the church, uh, it's like these. Uh, uh, Brother uh, Brad preached about it last night, uh, about standing at the edge of a cliff. Uh, I'd say tonight, uh, you're lost and unsaved. Uh, you're out over the mouth of hell. And the plank you're standing on is rotting away. Amen. You know, it breaks my heart tonight. It breaks my heart. To think that there'd be some that I preach to every week end up there. You know, I can show you in the Bible where it says if if you don't get off of that road, hell is so real tonight. Oh, in America we've got a court system and it sets up a verdict: guilty or not guilty. It's not perfect. I'd say it's the best in the world. A jury of our peers. But when it comes time for you to cross that tide, when you're standing at the judgment bar, it's not a jury of your peers. It's God Almighty. When you stand before Him, you will be judged. What are you going to be judged on? What you've done what you've heard, what you've witnessed, and whether you obeyed that warning and got off that road. See, unlike America, there is no appellate court in hell. There's no court of appeals that after such a long time that will take your case and bring it back to the judge. No, no, no. Your verdict is your verdict. You're on a road. One or the other. There is a road that I read to you in Isaiah where the redeemed are going to walk. It's a highway. It's a way of holiness. I beg you tonight, see the danger. Get off of that road. I can show you in the Scripture. How we're, and I said this a few weeks ago here. And you know what it's going to be? In the day of separation. You know what it's going to be? And there's going to be mamas separated from their children. Children separated from mamas. And you know what mama's going to say in that day? This might sound harsh. Mama's going to say, Amen. Amen. It's the way it's got to be. 
because they had an opportunity. Surely mama wouldn't say, yes, she will. Yes, she will. How do you know that preacher? Because I can show you. Those that are redeemed, and those that are saved, when hell is opened up and the judgment is said, the Bible says, us redeemed will rejoice. It'll be like you've never been born. It'll be like you've never existed to those in hell. That's what I read in Isaiah. It said it's going to be a highway and no unclean thing shall pass over that. It will be a place for the redeemed. We'll have no knowledge, probably, I guess, of you. No knowledge of those in hell. But as I read, it said they will see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob afar off. Those in hell tonight, I believe they've got a perfect clarity of memory. I believe they remember every... I don't preach dignified. I'm the first to admit that. I stomp and snort and spit. That's all right. That's the way God called me. They'll remember every sermon, every opportunity, and think, why did I let my pride stand in the way of being saved? Is it really too much to ask? Does God want you to come to an altar? Pride. Pride goeth before destruction. Is it really worth it? Those that are living life like hell itself. I wonder five seconds after they depart this life if they could say, well, it was worth it. I'm telling you tonight according to the authority of the Word of God it'll be a place of absolute darkness. Why? Because He is the light. There'll be no light there. But there'll be screams. There'll be flames. There'll be torment. You'll be able to hear people weeping and wailing and gnashing their teeth. And the flames will lick up the side of that pit. You know what the book of Job says? It says, deliver him from the pit. I have found a ransom. I found a ransom tonight. There's a ransom tonight. There's a way off of that road that leadeth to hell. But it'll have to be ruined by the blood of Jesus. You see, there's one road that, uh, that runs away from the cross and one road that leads to the cross. Jesus said it this way, I'm the door. Not only the way, not only the highway, and not only the way, but he said, I am the door. Do you know what that means? Back years ago, from what I understand, that there would be sheep in a field, and they would have they would have a section there, and once that shepherd corralled all those sheep in to keep them from getting out and to keep the danger from coming in, that shepherd would lay down. Lay down in that day. To lay down in an entryway. And in other words, he would block it so one could not cross beyond to the other side. The Bible said there's a great gulf fixed. Heaven and hell. And that once you leave, and no man can go from one to the other. You 
See, that road is what you choose when you're healed. He said there's two trees. There's two fruits. There's two houses. There's two foundations. How we're living in a time of comparative religion. How we're living in a time, if you're not careful, if you're not grounded, if you're not saved, you'll go away to a university one day and they'll teach you all about comparative religion. How they'll load that garbage on your babies and if they're not grounded in the truth, they'll be carried away by the lie. The Bible says plainly there is but one way. That one way, there's one name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. And that's the name of Jesus. He's the exit. That broad road. That broad road is going to end in hellfire. And as I said a while ago, I'm not even sure the church understands really hellfire. Hellfire. Torment. Agony. You say, preacher, you're trying to scare. I ain't trying to scare you. I'm simply stating the fact of what God says. You can choose to believe that or you can choose to not. Hell existed long before you were born. It'll be here long after we're dead and gone. And it'll still be burning. And those that enter into its mouth where the dead have been raised up to greet them and it's drawn men down into their clutches a thousand years from now, they'll still be screaming and thinking, why didn't I get off that road? There was a man of God one time preached to me, warned me. I want to warn you tonight. That road will come to an end. My road's going to come to an end. So when my road comes to an end, glory, glory, hallelujah. We sang the songs of Zion earlier about a place where the tears are wiped away. About a place where Jesus will take me by the hand and lead me through. I don't think it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be glorious. You know... I heard somebody say the other day, our most precious metal is gold and we heap it up and we pile it up and we treasure it up and we put it in the bank and we take care of it. But there, we're just going to walk on top of it. It's going to be beautiful. But to be honest, I don't really care about all of that. I don't. I'm a pretty simple man. It don't take a lot to make me happy. I don't have a lot of wants. I don't have a lot of desires. I don't care about the splendor. It could be it could be the same as my house looks now. And I take it. I don't care about any of that. I want to go where he is. I want to worship him. I want to be in his presence. I don't know Brother Brad mentioned kissing his feet. I don't know what I'll do first. Uh, I'll bow down and kiss his feet. Uh, or just wrap my arms around his neck. Uh, but I cannot enjoy one minute of heaven till I first thank him for saving a sinner like me. For showing me one night that road I was traveling. I know it looks appealing. Uh, Abraham and Lot split up uh, and Lot chose the uh, appealing side. He chose the way it looked. And, and lots of men today are going to hell because they're choosing the wrong path. 
choosing the wrong path. Noah, when the door was shut, and that ark, uh, uh, his family was on the inside. Uh, but let me say this to you tonight. You listen to me. You're either shut in or you're shut out. It was one or the other. In the days of Noah, and Noah and his family, and they preached, and they built the ark, and Noah preached. But when it came down to it, when God shut that door, he was shut in, and they were shut out. I'm glad I'm shut in tonight. Amen. I'm on the inside. And that old ship of Zion, and much like the ark, it's taken me from this world, and it's planted me in a new world. I'm on the inside. And those that are on the outside are shut out forever. They'll knock and they'll beat. That's what I read to you in Luke. And many will say in that day, Lord, have we not done this? Have we not done that? You can say, Lord, have I not been to church? Have I not been a good boy? It don't matter. It don't matter. Have you been saved? Have you been born again? You're either on the inside or you're on the outside. And for the life of me, for the life of me, I can't figure out why men tarry. Do you not understand? Well, I do understand why. It's because Satan has blinded a whole generation of people. Satan has blinded us to the point where men or women, you know, if you don't like something in a restaurant, we just send it back. If you don't like the gender you were born with, you send it back and you request it. There's coming a day you will not be able to change your faith. You're either in or you're out. You're a sheep or you're a goat. You're on the broad way that leadeth to destruction or you're on the narrow way that leadeth unto life. Which is it with you tonight? It is one or the other. There is no middle. I've seen people indifferent. I'm indifferent about some things. In other words, they just couldn't care less. There is one thing you cannot be indifferent about. And that's the Lord. You cannot be indifferent about Him. In other words, when He says, Who do men say that I am? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, or some say Elijah. Some say you're one of the old prophets raised from the dead. But then Jesus asked a question that He asked of every man. Who do you say that I am? See, that's what it comes down to tonight. It comes down to who do you say that He is? Who do you? He's either Christ, He's either God, He's either Lord of all, or He's nothing. You've either been saved or you've not been saved. It's just said the only third category is those who are too young that are to have reached the age of accountability. That's really your only choices. And you that have been seeking, have you got something now? If you've not, why have you stopped seeking? If you have, if you have, rejoice it. Try it out. And lean into it. And try it out tonight and see if it's the real thing. You're on one road or the other. There is no middle road. There's a road to heaven and there's a road to hell. There's a broad road, a narrow road. And it gets so narrow that only you and Him will fit through it. That's how narrow of a road it gets. 
And I'm glad it's that way. I've got confidence in my brothers and sisters. But I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not going to go into judgment and saying so and so has said that I got saved. I'll go into judgment trusting the blood. And the night that He saved my soul, He told me. You see, it's something you can know. You can know it. Which road are you on tonight? That might not have been much, but that's what I've got.